Gene, I believe you have a word for the church today. I do believe that. Before I, ushers will need you at the very end. And I also want to mention before I forget it, there is a prayer guide from Friday night's prayer meeting that's still as relevant today as it was Friday. I'd appreciate you picking one of those up on your way out, and I'd appreciate you using it all this week. Pray. Church, I'll say what I said Friday. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. I don't think we understand. It's time to pray. The most powerful things you have at your disposal is the name of Jesus and the power of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't leave it on the table. The weapons of our warfare are mighty, but they're useless if you don't use them. I can have a nuclear submarine, but if it's in dry dock, it ain't going to help me. Use your weapons. Mag Churches, thank you, worship team, as we transition. Be reverent as the children leave. Brother Gene, come and preach to the people this morning. Make him welcome this morning. We love you. Amen. Wow. Woo. Either way you spell it, it's wow. My goodness. To God be the glory. Great things he hath done. What a joy. What a joy. And, uh, boy, Brandon, you blessed us this morning. And uh, I, uh, I, I love this worship team. Neil? I didn't know you sang. Man, some of those notes you hit were right. That's good, big guy. Mona always tells me, she said, Mona says, uh, why you always pick out the biggest guy in the church to mess with? And uh, that's all right. I've already made a deal with him. Anything breaks out here, he's on my side. <laughs> I love coming to Mauriceville. I, um, I preached for an old senior pastor here back in 2004, about 19 years ago, and we were in a little brick building out front. That brick building is no longer there. And uh, it was just, a, it was just a, a joy to preach here then, but my goodness, Cat, you're pretty as ever. What a great voice, I'll tell you. You still married to Jason? Are you? My Lord, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, Sister Heather, your pastor, your former pastor, Ronnie Freeman, we have become dear friends in just, uh, I guess, the last couple, two or three years. And uh, I, he texted me this morning, Brother Gene, I'm praying for you wherever you're at. And I said, well, I'll tell you where I'm at. I said, these folks keep flooding in here from Arkansas. Won't be any Texans left. Forget about the southern border. Man, I'm telling you, the Arkies are coming. And, uh, and uh, he told me, he said, hey, hey, I used to be Heather's pastor in the back when. I said, well, y'all didn't have any better looking in Arkansas for her to hook up with? My goodness. I'll tell you, I love Love this pastor, I tell you, 
J.R. But I, you, uh, y'all don't know this, but he's one of the givingest men, uh, giving his pastors, and it's true. He paid me to go on vacation and not come here and preach last year. But I got to be honest, he did it with a a better spirit and a greater heart than what I'm presenting it because Mona fought cancer all of 2022 and um, it was a desperate year. And I I don't know, some of you may not know us, but uh, I'm Gene and that's Mona. Stand, Mona, I want them to see you. Yeah, stand up. Hey, cheerleader of Channel View High. 1975, you know, <laughs> buddy, woo. If y'all have seen who I dated before her, you'd be proud of me right now. <laughs> we can't use, we've got, we're in such a politically correct environment anymore that we can't use some of our old words like ugly. But I'm telling you, that girl was barely pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, my, 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 big girl. Eight cereal, I have a satellite dish. I'll just, thank you for those looks. I, she was so, so, well, she was sweetheart, I don't know. But your pastor, what a giving man. I, uh, you know, I came here the first year he was here. We were able to set the, the new church in order and, and uh, with evangelist Rod Vincent, had a great time. And buddy, I'll tell you, he told me, he said, I want you to come down the night early and I want you to be able to see the place before you, you actually minister. And uh, so Mona and I came early. We met over here in uh, Beaumont for some good food and, and uh, drove down here to the church and, uh, and he was watching me walk and the bottom of my shoe had come loose. And that soul was just flopping every time I'd take a step. And he looked down, he said, uh, hey, Gino, what's wrong with your shoe? I said, well, Pastor, I said, uh, you know, I'm between the revivals right now. I'm a, you know, I'm broken the Ten Commandments. And I uh, hadn't been able to buy a new pair of shoes, but I figured if I did well here at Mauriceville, you know, maybe I'd be able to buy me a new pair of shoes. He said, no, you don't understand, baby. You can't preach this. You're in Mauriceville, Texas. This is a classy bunch of people here. You can't preach with that old beat up shoe in front of them. He reached in his pocket and he had a roll of hundred dollar bills that would choke a horse. They were so such a big wad of money, he had to have a rubber band tied around it. And I looked at Mona, I said, I'm fixing to get me a new pair of shoes. And she said, well, good, baby. And about that time, he pulled that rubber band off. I held my hand out. And he, he put that rubber band in my hand. He said, you take that and put that around that shoe, and that'll hold you till you get out of Mauriceville. <laughs> Lord, I apologize for telling that on Pastor. My goodness. But uh, what a lovely couple. And um, I tell you, I, uh, I thank, thank you as a church. Uh, I, this morning after Sunday school, uh, right at the end there, people coming to us and, and uh, asking about Mona's health for last year. And boy, she finished the radiation, the surgery radiation, all of that stuff. And it was, uh, 
It's, it's a great time, and we, we appreciate your involvement because people in this church prayed for Mona and believed God, and, and she's gloriously healed. And that's, that's the great message behind it all. Amen. We've been married, um, well, this, we're, this next June will be 50 years. Woo, man. I can't believe it got by us this fast. And uh, my health's good, but I did ask her here a while back. I said, I'm just curious. If anything happened to old good time Gino, do you think you'd ever remarry? And she said, well, sure. I don't, I don't want to have to go to the funeral by myself. She said, there's no sense in our friends buying flowers twice. Yeah, that's good. Oh, man. I, uh, what, what a tremendous service. And I don't want to belittle any of that. I, I believe that there's, there's healing and humor. And uh, you, you come back tonight. We've got a banquet tonight? Huh? Well, that's my kind of banquet. Ooh, man. What kind of... We having real food? Oh, well, you can see I didn't get this big looking at it. <laughs> Kid walked up to me at the airport here a while back, said, Mister, are you a weightlifter? I said, I'm standing up, ain't I? <laughs> Man. I got on the scales the other day. They said, one at a time, please. Oh, my goodness. Only two things you can ever do to a spirit of gluttony. Either cast it out or fill it up. I, amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, want to go to Acts, the 20th chapter. And uh, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Thank you for, uh, from Mona and I, thank you for uh, supporting us monthly. We're grateful for that, and I mean that with all of my heart. I, I appreciate that. And uh, it seems like, you know, just about the time that uh, we uh, got to change oil in the car or register, uh, do something with that automobile, that uh, your check seems to come in the mail. And Pastor, we're grateful for that. I mean that with all of my heart. In Acts, the 20th chapter, and begin with the 13th verse. Scripture says, Then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Asos, there intending to take Paul on board, for so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Asos, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. We sailed from there, and the next day came opposite Chios. The following day we arrived at Samos and stayed at Tregolium. The next day we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. When he had come to him, he said, to them, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with all tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Now I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly 
and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed now, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Sounds like your pastor's right in this vein. <clears throat> Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity one more time to preach this gospel. Lord, I pray as I do my best to grace this desk, this holy desk and preach the word that you would come and set your anointing up on me right now. Touch my tongue, make it as the pen of the ready writer as David declared in scripture. And I pray that you touch the ears of the congregation today that they might hear what the Spirit of God would be speaking to them. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I, I want to preach to you for a few moments today and uh, a, a very simplistic message about staying on course. And uh, I, I mean this with all of my heart. I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know that the enemy is fearful of my preaching at all. But I do understand that he is fearful of the Word of God. And if you should glean something from this message today, it will terrify the enemy when you hear the words that I speak today about staying on course. In a day and age when it's really easy to be deceived, it's really easy to get down, it's really easy to have the waves of life dash against the shore and drag you down. I've gotten to the place, it's hard for me to even listen to Fox News anymore. Thank you for those looks. But I don't know if I told you this, but I do want to tell you, like Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband, not going to keep you long. When I began this message and looked at this, I recognized that there were some men that were discoverers in the world that did quite a bit of traveling that somehow got off course. Probably one of the greatest ones that was confused and got off course we give a lot of gratitude to, although they're tearing, tearing his statues down across the country. I still am thankful that Christopher Columbus did get a little off with his measurements. And, and you know, we, we pay him a lot of respect and do for 
landing in 1492. But I'll tell you, when he got home to the Queen of England, you need to know this. Well, we do know he was off course because the first soul that he saw on American soil, he called him an Indian. How many of you know that he was a long way off? I've been to India on many trips and did missions work there. You could put your finger on Houston, Texas on a round atlas and put your other finger on Calcutta, India or Bombay and they are exactly halfway around the world from one another. I would say Chris got off pretty bad. And yet when he got home, we're, we're all thankful and boy, 13 colonies developed and you know the history of this country, but I want you to know that when he got back to the Queen of England, you need to go back and read their history books. He was decommissioned and taken out of, out of his works place because he was so far off course. We, we, being off course can get you hurt. Ask people that, that, that got, actually were able to make it beyond the Titanic. I, I think it's terrible that this last summer that there was a 16-year-old kid that fell to the, to the demise and demise of, of that, that, that old ship that went down. What a, well, I really don't care to go see it. You, if you do, you, tell, call me afterwards and tell me how it went for you. But, I, I, but all it took was being off course and, and, and trying to speed the ship up a little bit so that they could make records and they could cross the Atlantic a little bit faster. And all they did is run into a minefield of ice. I'm just telling you, friend, that getting off course can cost you something. I had to, buy, but for the sake and moderation of this message, had to ask myself the question, is it possible that that can happen in the church? You don't have to look very far. I probably, I didn't look back probably far enough. I could look back to where other doctrines were formed in fashion that we don't want to have anything to do with, doctrines of predestination. I could go on and on and on. The latter rain movement, don't, I was raised in this thing. I went to church nine months before I got here. And I can just tell you that there have been many things there. In 1978, there's a, a fellow by the name of Jim Jones in the state of Indiana to begin with that started up a work. And in that work, he began to evidently read his own press reports way too much and got some kind of messianic idea of himself and vision of himself, only to take that thing to Los Angeles and call it the people's uh, tabernacle. And whenever they get there, folks, let me tell you, he got too big for his britches and got too big for the U.S. of A. Went down in South America and, and South Ghana. And when he got down there, put together uh, Jonesboro, Jonesville, whatever the place was called. But I can tell you, it didn't last for very long. Uh, somebody, you know, D.C. got an, an idea of something, some cult going on that from people from the United States that had gone down there, lo and behold, it was a horrible thing. It was a horrible cult. Interrelation marriages and different things taking place. They sent someone from the House of Representatives down there. You know that's gonna take care of everything. Now don't worry, you know I'm not getting into your politics because you know I, I know the definition. Poly is, is a Greek term for meaning many 
and ticks as a bloodsucker in Texas. But I don't know whether he was a Democrat, Republican, or bow weevil, but he, I know that he got him shot and killed, and whenever that happened, the authorities from both the U.S. and, and South American authorities were encroaching upon Jonesboro. And whenever they, they headed that way, they, Mr. Jones lined everybody up and started poisoning people. Just under a thousand people they found laying in those fields the next day. And I may not struggle with uh, some of these folks that wanted to commit Harry Carey upon themselves, but there's, there's not a red-blooded American woman in this building that wouldn't give her life for her children, and yet down there they were pour, pouring Kool-Aid laced with arsenic down their throats and killing their own children. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is church gone way south. I heard Paul say ravenous wolves would move in. Ravenous wolves. Somebody that wants to teach perverse things, come on, and to the very elect, if possibly they could do so. You say, well, boy, I hope we never have that again. Well, it doesn't take but to what? 1993, I preached revivals in Waco, Texas for Daryl and Joyce LeBlanc there. Great little church there. The first week I stayed there, I wanted to know where this place was. This uh, Davidian compound. I can tell you they're not happy when you begin to ask about the Branch Davidians there because they, they, they hate it. They hate the idea that those people ever founded themselves there. David Koresh and, and had the same press report as Jim Jones, a messianic view of themselves. And lo and behold, uh, you know, much to Janet Reno's demise. And boy, there was a winner for the FBI. Thank you for those looks. But I just tell you, if you want to see corruption, all you got to do is go to that burnout field that I looked at. Uh, it's a horrible place, the, the demise of it. A few burnt out mobile homes and wooden structures, and all it represented was somebody that had gone wrong in their teaching. I, for a moment, I have to pause, and I hear Paul writing to Timothy and, and declaring to Timothy, preach a sound doctrine. Preachers, know what you believe, and then stay on course with that belief. Salvation is still the same. Holy Ghost baptism, the evidence of it is still speaking in other tongues. And then gifts added to that. This, this is a no-brainer for me. As a kid growing up in Pentecost all of my life, I, but I don't know how people can go so south. And Christians, I know we fight a lot of battles out there, but you need to know this about yourself. The enemy would love to come against you, maybe not all at one time, but it's the gentle washing of the water of time that comes against you and tries to depress you and discourage you and drag you down. Use every, <coughs> every tool that he has to cause discouragement in your life and tear down the very testimony that brought you here today. I, I'm sorry, but there's a, a Geno story here somewhere. Oh my goodness. 
I, uh, what was, uh, it's one of those beautiful Saturdays in October. I was doing something real important with the NCAA. They were on TV. And it's a beautiful day. And it's a day that these pastors don't want to tell you about. I didn't want the phone to ring at all. And uh, boy, I just, I just thought, man, this is gorgeous. Mona, Mona and our youngest daughter, April, and uh, April was just a youngster, probably about 13 years old at the time. And they were down at the local mall with my credit card run down through their holler and charge. And <laughs> I'll pay for that, don't worry. I, <laughs> oh, uh, man, it was just me and my oldest daughter, Janelle, at the house. And boy, I just thought, boy, this is, you know, I'm happier than mule eating briars. This is so good, this is so fun. Man, just nothing to do my day. Kick back in the couch and, man, and uh, you know, just with that space monkey. And, and about that time, I hear that fateful sound. I said, oh, no. I hope it's them girls with them cookies. I, <laughs> I didn't get this big looking at them either. Man, oh man. And uh, Mona, didn't you win awards when you was a kid selling them things? She used to line up over there. Y'all know where the Lynchburg Ferry is? Uh, man, that's, oh yeah. Mona would line up there, they'd sell them things. I thought, man, maybe it's them. No, no, it couldn't be them. You know who it was. Man, I go to the door and they're opening line. Y'all all know it, because I know you've seen them pull up in front of your house, and here they come with that white shirt and black tie and khaki pants. And yeah, and, and, and look at you through the door, and, and they looked at me and said, have you heard that the earth is gonna be renovated by fire? I said, my Lord, it's a Jehovah's. <coughs> it's them. You know, this the big one, Elizabeth. They're, they're here. I, what are you going to do? I looked, they, I said, earth, wind. I said, yeah, and it's going to burn up both you boys if you don't get right with God. Get out of that, get out of that stinking new world translation of the Holy Scriptures and get back to the Holy Bible. My goodness, you're going to hell in a handbasket if you don't get right with God. The whole time I'm pouring it on them. Jason, I didn't even realize I'm walking them back down my driveway. And boy, LTD pulled up there real quick, one of them fixer repair dailies, and he ba they bailed off in the back seat of that car and went the, around the corner of my house. And I said, yeah, you take that. <laughs> and but about that time I looked, they pulled up at my neighbor's house back behind my garage. I said, oh, no, you didn't. I run there, hollered at Janelle, my oldest daughter. She's about 15 at the time. Oh, I'm taking, oh, yeah, the Janelle. Her favorite word for us, and if you don't think the kids can be demon possessed. I know. But her favorite word was whatever. Y'all remember that? I just hate to preach this by myself. Do y'all remember whatever? And mine, she could look at me with them little demon eyes. 
And, and when she looked at you, she stuck the sword in you and twisted the handle. And boy, that's, new. that's when I knew it's demonic. It's wrong. Boy, I just, remember, I just remember the day that her daughter was at my house and I made her call her mama to come get her and I saw her face contort. I think Reagan was about 12 years old. And I seen that gnarl come on her face and had a ugly look. And she looked in that telephone and said to her mama, whatever. And when she did, I went to yelling around the house, there is a God. There. I said, yeah, that's the same Janelle. I, I got, I said, get that truck. And I fired up that old farm truck of mine, that old diesel. It was a fixer repair daily as well. And man, that dually, I fired it up and went around the corner and about the time, my neighbors, he's a, a black gentleman about six, six, muscles in his earlobes. Huge man, married to a beautiful Jamaican woman, and they had the twins, Antoine and Antoinette. Yeah, them kids played in my home, and them Jehovah's pulled up in front of their house. I said, no. That ain't happening. Boy, I went up, I honked my horn, and that gentleman had opened the door, and he stepped out, and he looked over the top of them little guys, and he looked out there in the street at me, and I made Janelle roll her window down and said, hey, man, you remember me? He said, oh, yeah, you're my neighbor. You're the Rev. I said, yeah, they're liars. Shut your door. Wham. I did that to about 15 houses all the way back up Tidwell Road to C.E. King Parkway, and I chased them out of my neighborhood. What are you saying? You, you don't let people like that take you down a road. How dare you? That if you don't you dare call your pastor. You let them in the front door and sit in your living room. They'll have you as confused as a termite and a yo-yo. You'll have you doubting your God, doubting the Jesus. They have taught that he's a demi-God. What are you talking about, Brother Summers? I'm talking about staying on course with your doctrine. Thank God you come to church here. Thank God you pay, you pay your tithe here and give huge offerings to the evangelist. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Did not go well. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I apologize. It just slipped out. I appreciate that you're, you're doing your best. You're living for the Lord, bringing your teenagers, bringing these kids to church. And, and uh, boy, I tell you, I, that's all well and good. But you've got to know what you believe when you leave here. I, I mean this with all my heart. I don't understand people not wanting to come and and, and get deeper into the Word. I've got a 20-year-old grandson that's about to answer the call of God on his life, and he keeps me on the phone. I, you know, I, I know grandparents are popular, but he's not even hitting me for the Venmo account. Yeah, he actually wants to know the Word of God, and we're about to put him in school so he can learn about the Word and leadership program. I'm telling you, friend, there has got to be a group of us that come back to the place where we fall in love with the Word of God again. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I, do, 
Bible just gives us example after example. It's 12.15. And, well, I know, but uh, you promised me you was taking me to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry. I hadn't been this hungry but twice in my life. This is both times. <laughs> the Bible just gives us example after example. You don't have to go very far into the Word of God where you run into Job. I don't have to reteach you the severity of the things that he faced in life. But even on his worst day, he would declare about God. He said, he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not decline. Yeah, I'm not going back. We sang it. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Three Hebrew boys. Here's another test for you. Listen to these guys. I, 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 it's okay that Nebuchadnezzar saw something in their lives, but Nebuchadnezzar is not a spiritual man in our terms at all. He had watched that Daniel would not allow God's people to feast at the king's table, but they would just eat their lentils and eat their porridge. There's, there's no way that Daniel is gonna let those that are taking captivity to Babylon, they're not gonna invite, they, Jesus taught us a principle that though we're in this world, we're not of this world. Daniel was sure to raise that bunch up right. Nebuchadnezzar, by way of it, fell in likeness, maybe not in love, but in likeness for those that he was holding in captivity. But how many of you know maybe what Nebuchadnezzar didn't know is that the enemy works in darkness. And in the nighttime, men came to him and convinced him to build an idol of himself, knowing full well that these that he had showed such a likeness to would never bow to that image knowing that they served Almighty God, Jehovah God. Boy, they're not turning their backs on the God of their life, the God of their fathers. Boy, how many times was a trumpet sounded and Nebuchadnezzar goes out, boys, y'all got to bow. You've got to. They're going to they're toss you. I'll have to command it. I've commanded that everybody would bow to my image and I can't take back my word. I can't break my word. And, and you, you boys, it's going to be hot. But we're in their words. I love this. Well, God's going to deliver us. You, 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 you decide what you're going to do. And besides, this is so flippant to me, and yet so powerful in the moment, that if he doesn't, if by chance, my great God did not show up. He's been so good to me, we're still not bowing down to your image, King. He's been so good telling my little grandson, Jordan, a 20-year-old, he's soaking it in. And he's telling me, he said, boy, the, the promises of God. I said, yeah, Jojo, you, you just ought to be in your nanny. We're we're, we're enjoying this right now. How many of y'all are just walking in God's favor right now? My goodness, isn't this a wonderful place to be? But I told him, I said, Jordan, please understand that Papa is in a different place than you are right now. Oh, well, Papa, I'm saved. 
I got filled with the Holy Ghost at your your conference here recently. I said, yeah, yeah, that's all well and good, but I want you to know that we're in different places. You're out here trusting and testing God and proving God. But I tell you, after healing me of muscular dystrophy when I was a little boy and all of the things up through life that he's done for me, I'm in a different place in life. And I know some of you elders want to join with me on this. We're at the place, we're telling God, I'm not worried about trusting you anymore. I want you to know that you can trust me. I'm not bowing to Baal. I'm not bowing to this world. I've decided to follow Jesus every step of the way. And oh, King, even if he doesn't show up, we're not giving in to this. I was looking for something in the garage and that 20 year old's following me around. I felt like, well, I'm certainly not qualified to be Elijah, but it was an Elijah and Elisha moment and he's kicking around on my heels, questioning me, but Popo, man, lifetime's a long time. I said, I told him, I said, Jojo, I told him about the time I went golfing. I'm a terrible golfer. A, a golf pro watched me one time swinging at the ball. Got up on the tee box and, I, and I, he said, uh, I said, what do you see wrong? He said, well, you stand way too close to the ball after you hit it. <laughs> I said, that's a good piece of information, you pro. What do you suggest I do? He said, I'll tell you what you do. He said, you, I want you to take two weeks off and then just quit golf altogether. I said, okay. I'd, I'd played nine holes and I walked in the clubhouse. A woman there behind the, the, the little bar there and I said, I want a lemonade. And she went to get my lemonade and I was getting my money out of my wallet. And I, I don't meet strangers, I just don't. Mona will tell you that she believes I would talk to a fence post if it would stand there long enough. But I said, uh, isn't this a beautiful day that the Lord has made? And she said, well, one out of two isn't bad. I said, one out of two isn't bad. I'm sorry, ma'am. I, uh, I've got a channel view education, dumber than a sack of rocks. So help me a little bit. She said, well, it is a beautiful day, but I don't know that there was a God had anything to do with it. I was thinking, okay, Mr. Talkative, always got to come back. Mr. Comeback Kid, come back on that one. And when she turned around, I, I didn't have a word for her, but the Holy Ghost did. When she handed me my change, and I'd almost went to the tip jar with it. But I looked at her. You caught that, Brother McElroy. I appreciate that. I used to pastor them people, but they're secret agents here. Oh. There once was an old woman who lived in a shoot. Never mind, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked. I, uh, I looked at her and said, if I'm wrong, I have nothing to lose. But ma'am, if you're wrong, you have everything to lose. These Hebrew boys knew that God was real. They heated the furnace seven times hotter 
than what it was. Killed the very guards that they threw in there. What puzzles me? Help me a little bit here, Lord, help me. They tied their hands and feet together with hemp rope. Okay. Now, now you're dealing with, you know, Jeff Foxworthy stuff. And, and, or here's your sign. Yeah. How, you know, if, if brother, brother, uh, oh, goodness, that, my old brother from Arkansas, our evangelist buddy, if he were here, he'd say, dummy, dummy, dummy. Don Branco. Yeah, I, man, how dumb. Tied them up with ropes and threw them in. Kills four guys that throws them in. That rope's going to last you, isn't it? Must be some good rope. Nebuchadnezzar can't handle it. I, I took a shine to these boys. East Texas, you know, vocabulary, but uh, I, I liked them. I took a shine to them. And I've got to see what's going on. I love his report. Did we not throw but three men into the fire? They're there because they, they wouldn't bow and they wouldn't bend and they wouldn't burn. They, they, they were there because they decided to follow the Lord. And, and it meant so much to the Lord that evidently the kingdom of heaven opened up. And the Nebuchadnezzar says, I see a fourth man in the fire and he's likened to the Son of God. I, I'm telling you now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm gonna stay on course. The best avenue that I've ever followed I thought I was headed for Nashville. I used to sing in a country band. I know you heard about it. Dirty Rice. <laughs> we used to sing some of those old great country songs that we wrote. If the, you know, if the phone doesn't ring, you'll know it's me. If I'd have shot her when I wanted to, I'd be out by now. I never did understand why George Strait didn't want to take and make a hit out of any of those. I, 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 God has done so many things in my life to prove himself to me. I'm a 19-year-old kid standing in the Nessadale Club. Come, Brandon. You, I may not quit, but you'll give them some hope. You know the drill, big boy. I was a 19-year-old kid, had a microphone in my hand. Johnny Lee and his group, he had been out looking for love in all the wrong places. I want to see how many guilty people are in the building before I move on. His band was setting up behind me. I was trying to find a place to put a microphone. My guys had already broke down. My brother, Russell, we were probably one of the first that had trumpet in a band. And I thought I was on my way to Nashville. I was on my way to hell. I was looking for a place to put that microphone up. 
And they had taken all the stands, they had taken all of our equipment. And I looked up and this guy is walking down the center. If you'd ever been, I'd have you raise your hand, but that might incriminate some people here. I told Mona here a couple of years back, did you ever go? Yeah, I didn't think I saw you there. Uh, told Mona, I said, I'm gonna take you for lunch today. We're going to the old Nessadale Club. And she said, you're not taking me in a bar. She said, I wish you'd tell everybody in these churches that while you were doing all those corrupt things, that I was a good little Baptist girl. She said, I was a better Baptist than you were a Pentecostal. But she ain't lying about that. I'll never forget. Oh, Nessadale Club is Mamacita's Mexican food restaurant in Pasadena now on Spencer Highway. Guy walked up to me, he's an old guy. I'm 19, he had to be every bit of 31, 32. He said, hey, son, we'll talk to you. I said, mister, we're not taking any more requests. We have sang everything that Elvis ever did. We, my band, we performed it tonight. So, hey, no, 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 we're, we're through. He said, I didn't come to request a song. He said, the Spirit of God stopped me out here on Spencer Highway and said there'd be a young man standing at the front of the auditorium, that old club, that old bar, and he'd have a microphone in his hand. Son, you're the only one in here got a microphone in your hand. God's speaking to you. And I just paralyzed, looked at him. He said, God told me to tell you, you don't belong in this place. I won't go through all the series of events. And Mona would be able to back these up and tell you the things that took place in my life to point me in the right direction. I've been preaching this gospel, fixing to start my 49th year preaching the gospel. I want to tell you something. We're not turning back. One day, I'm going to meet that fella. I don't know if it was an angel that the Lord sent in that place. I don't know who he was. Never heard from him again. I've met members of I was in Arkansas preaching in Ronnie Morris's church and I met one of the band members that we used to play with, walked up to me, our bass player. I, I, I can't quit now. I got six grandkids watching my life, all the way from 28 years old down to 14. When I fill out their Christmas cards and their birthday cards, I always write that line that they're all familiar with. If they were standing here in a row today, they could repeat to you what Papa Summers writes in every one of their cards. Live for Jesus, for it's the only life that counts. What I really want to say to those kids is stay on course. It's already been proven time and time again what will happen if you get off course. There doesn't need to be a, another book of Job written. No, sir. I want him to know that I love him 
what he's done in my life. You don't have to follow me on this. If you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, you would know the reason why I love him so. You can take this world, its wealth, its riches. I don't need earth's fame. It's my desire to live for him. Stand with me. Woo! Woo! You prophesied this morning. There's somebody came to this altar. God confirmed it in my spirit. I wanted to tease you about talking to us students. Well, I'll tell you, if you want to see a battle going on, look in our school system today, public school system. What these kids face in and out, totally disparagement against, our, against their Christian upbringing. Anything, mom and dad, that you have done at home there's a school, a public school system trying to drag them down. I beg of you, stay on course. Stay on course. Hunter, my older grandson, is 23. Big boy. Big boy. They walked up on Pawpaw's porch. I built Mona a beautiful home several years ago. Sold my farm in Crockett, got rid of the cattle, got rid of the, the John Deere tractor, the hay equipment, I got rid of all of it, built us a home. We've been living in Parsonage for years. Just one of the smartest things I guess I've ever done in life, built us a home. Those kids walked up on my porch, them two boys, duck hunters, they're fishermen, deer hunters. <clears throat> I leave an igloo ice chest on my front porch because of them boys. They're always bringing me a deer or something. Ice down on the front porch. Hunter walked up on that porch and Jordan, his little sidekick, they look like Mutt and Jeff. Don't tell them I said that, but they do. And Hunter looked at Jordan and said, Jordan, what would we do if we ever come in this house sometime and see Pawpaw committing sin of some kind? I think they were talking about alcohol at the time. I used to be very fond of it. That was B.C., before Calvary. And uh, Jordan, certainly not in the spiritual condition he is now. He's on fire now, but he looked at Hunter and he said, I, I believe I'd just get in the floor and cry because if Papa won't live it, they look at you that way. I know who I am. I know who I am. 
I'm capable of blowing it. I'm capable of mistakes. But he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. My God, friends, stay on course. Don't let the enemy take you left or right. This is no time. Can't you see the stirring of the signs? The Middle East in, in deep problems right now, and you're not stirred by that? You're not rushing to altars? You're not crying out to God day in and day out? Even so, Lord, come. That's what I'm praying. Just come on. My cousin, last night, thank you, Pastor, for coming here late. We met at my mother's. Mom's 88 years old. She's an astronomer. She put stripes on the sun. We had Christmas at her house last night, Pastor. And my cousin got up ready to walk out and she leaned back and she said, you know, she's just a few, year or two older than I am. She said, if the Lord doesn't come in the next month or two, she said, Gene, I'm gonna be so shocked. I said, Donna, I'm with you, baby. I'm there. I'm saying, even so, Lord, come. But I want your heart to be ready. What, what, are, what are you planning on 2024? Are, are you going to stand still and see the salvation of our God? I pray you are. I wonder how many of you could just, we've had altar calls this morning. And forgive me if that's what you're needing. I'll be glad to join you around these altars. But I wonder how many hands would go up with me today and say, you know what? I want to reconsecrate and rededicate my life to Christ. I just want him to, we used to sing it about being on the firing line. I just, Brother Gene, I just have decided, keep those hands up, would you? Would you just keep those hands up? I, I, let's, can we pray together? And pastor's gonna return. Father, I just pray right now, those of us that want to reconsecrate, rededicate ourselves to the cause of Christ. I pray that you put angels of protection around us and our families. I pray, Father, that you lift us above any doubt in our mind. God, give us wisdom beyond our years to know when the enemy is trying to come in like a flood. Huh. Oh. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in him shall I trust. Woo! God help us, rededicate me. Help Mona and I out here on the field. Give us souls for the kingdom's sake. Lord, thank you for the open doors. God, thank you for people that still believe in the word of God and the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You touch every member of this church that raise their hands, Father, and you give them that wonderful recommitment and rededication moment in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come, Pastor. Jeannie, you remind me of an, 
I know some old stuff too, <laughs> besides you. <laughs> we used to sing, I am determined to hold out till the end. <laughs> and you know, that it really is what has to be done. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. Mom and Dad, Grandma and Grandpa, I talk to you about every service. Just about every service. Those kids, those grandkids need to see you stay on track. There's a lot of pressure for everybody to let off the gas, so to speak, in this world. There really is. Ah, just chill out a little bit. It's not the time to chill out a little bit. They're watching. Gino, you're right. They're watching. They're watching. They may be loud mouth, but you're their hero, most of you. They may not ever give you any credit for that when, it, when you think you need it, but you are. They're watching. How do I know that? I can tell you some of the ways because my dad's been gone 31 years, and I never appreciated him then like I do now. It's taken that long. Oh, I, through the years, but they're watching, and they need to see you be faithful. I'm talking to the church today. If they see you, if they're seeing a casual attitude towards God, and that happens sometimes, they need to see you be faithful. I'd call them around the table. If I needed to, I'd apologize. Say, really, preacher? I said, yeah, they need to see grown people, mature people that can say, you know what? I've I, I, I done you wrong. That's real. I've, I've let my life drift off course, drift off course. I've been casual with the presence of the Lord and son, uh, baby, Grandkids, it's not worth it. They really do need to see you be faithful. I don't have any greater burden than our students today. You know that. They really need to see you be faithful. And it'll be worth it for you and for them. I've decided. <laughs> I made up my mind and you're going to need to too and they need to see it they will follow you oh some of you they rebel sometimes sure sure they'll follow you somebody's watching I'm telling you somebody's watching I'm talking about I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about, they're watching. 
Can we do it? The ushers are about to come. We're going to take an offering for our evangelists. But as they're coming, would you lift your hands one more time? Across this place, that's, that is it. I'm determined, God. Help me. With your grace, with your mercy, by the power of your spirit and obedience to your word, I'm committed to you. All of me. You get all of it. <laughs> Help me lead. Somebody, that needs to be some of your prayers. Help me lead. Help me. Help me stay the course. Lord, give me my kids. Ask for them. I would ask for them. I'm asking. I, I walk this place Friday night. Gene, give me my kids. God, would you give me my kids? Would you give me my kids? Would you give me my grandkids? What good would it do for me to ask for the nations if I don't ask for my kids? Come on, somebody. Would you give me my husband? Would you give me my wife? Would you give me my children? Would you give me my grandchildren? Would you do it? Would you help me? I think one of the most powerful prayers you can pray that I just walk sometimes and say, God, would you help me? You say, that's simple. No, that's powerful. God, would you help me? I can't even walk, the old song says, unless you're holding my hand. <laughs> take my dreams, take my plans. <laughs> my houses, my land. Take the dearest thing to me, the old song says, if that's how it must be. <laughs> now, would you thank him? Because this is things that you can ask him that he will do it. Because it's his will. Would you go ahead and thank him now that he's faithful? Lord, I thank you that you're faithful. Lord, I put, my life is yours, it's in your hands. But Lord, I put my kids in my hands, in your hands. Even when they sit on the back row, even as we speak, talking to each other and giggling, Lord, I still put them in your hands. Even when they're not serious to this very moment, I put them in your hands. Whatever it takes is what I will do. And I thank you that you're faithful.